many believe there is more? If you don't believe there's more, then you got a boring God. Hey, you're listening to the There's More podcast. This episode is sponsored by the Just People Project. They're a nonprofit organization focused on serving the homeless in Birmingham with immediate needs. They also focus on building relationships, and their ultimate goal is to try to help people find a relationship with Christ. They also serve meals, they give out toiletries, clothes, they provide dentures. They also provide transportation to and from church for anyone in need so they can further their relationship with Christ. For more information, you can visit thejustpeopleproject.com. Thejustpeopleproject.com. You can also call this number, 205-281-8887. And just tell them you want to speak with Chris. Ask Chris how you can get involved. You can also give money online through PayPal if you want to donate some money to them as well. Also, do me a favor, go to Instagram and follow them on Instagram, The Just People Project. So for more information, thejustpeopleproject.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to There's More Podcast. This is Harry Carey reporting live with Brent Cooper, Stephen Nix. We've got an Iowa helmet right here on the table. Believe in God for big things. In fact, later, we think we're going to go have a nice, hot hot dog. <laughs> All right, we are live in studio with Stephen Nix and Brent Cooper with There's More Podcast, and it is January 2021, which means we're heading towards another year of getting older. There's a lot that's happened, too, by the way. Since yeah. the, when's our last? Was it dec- first of December? Yeah, so we do want to apologize. We did not get the Christmas God, edition. Yes, that's sinners. So, uh, yeah, we didn't get a chance to do the Christmas one, and we've actually been really encouraged or challenged or even threatened of, hey, guys, when are you going to get another podcast out, yeah, which yeah. is encouraging on the backside. But so we are excited to have our first one for 2021. That's right. And uh, so this one, I would actually say we are going to be kind of like popcorn. We're kind of going to bounce around with a few things that's uh, going on with the current updates. And yeah. then we'll kind of get into uh, the backside of the podcast. Where I think we're going to talk some about some marriage and parenting and stuff like that. But kind of the recap where we are, it is January the what? The 22nd of 2021. That's it. And uh, we do have a new president. I know the last couple of times that we've spoke, we were, you know, talking about politics and we had a former politician on. And yeah. we're kind of like, hey, where, where, where are we now? And so we have uh, the president was just sworn in on the 20th, which was three days ago. Uh, President Biden, and so there's so many mixed emotions and feelings, and this has been probably one of the more chaotic uh, things that's happened in our country. Yeah, uh, and I'll be honest with you, it's kind of hard to say that, President Biden. <laughs> I mean, and I'm I'm just being for real. I'm being honest. I'm you know just throwing it out there. I'm sure for most of you that's listening, that that's kind of hard to say. It's kind of it's a hard pill to swallow. Um, but at the same time, it is what it is, and. Uh, God, you know, God's word has commanded us to to pray for our leaders, and that's um, if if you prayed for for Donald Trump whenever he was in the White House, uh, if you pray, prayed for the president then, you need to be praying for the president now. Um, that's something I think it's in First Timothy that uh, that that God calls us to do. So yeah. yes, it's, it it didn't turn out the way we wanted it, um, but we taught. I think our last episode we talked about truth and we talked about you know how hard it is to to know uh between truth and and lies and rumors and stuff like that nowadays especially when all this election stuff i mean it's like we were hearing hey the bomb's gonna drop in you know in in a few days about all this evidence and stuff and and none of that really played out and was it conspiracy stuff probably yeah, but honestly, I, I don't think I don't think we're 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 gonna know. You know, we might at some point. Right. I know there's still some investigations and stuff taking place. Um, but I, I'll say this: let's not focus on that. You know, there's nothing we can do. Sure. There's nothing we can do about that. Absolutely nothing. So, I would say let's not put our focus and and, and even for some of you, it's entertainment. You know, for me, I kind of it was kind of entertaining to me. I'm like, hey, we got a new conspiracy. You know, is this gonna, <laughs> is this gonna play out? You know, um, so it, it was kind of an entertaining point to to some of this. But I would say let's not let's not entertain that so much, uh, because even if it is true or false, there's absolutely nothing that we can do mm-hmm. to uh, 
to make it happen or for it to be false or true. I mean, we're just here. Like we're just taking in information. So yeah, I God, would say don't don't put a lot of credit into some of this stuff. God kind of reminded me like multiple times and I've taken a, a social media fast, which is the first time, by the way, I watched that show, the the what's it called? The, uh the on Netflix? Yes. It was it was crazy. The social dilemma or something. Social dilemma. Was that what it was? It was. And it was quite the dilemma. It was uh very Eye-opening to me that the, one of the comments they said was, there's only two people that calls themselves, uh, uh, whoever uses their product, users, and that was social media platforms and people on drugs. And I thought, holy crap. But the, the stuff that kind of went into it, I, I found myself becoming extremely um, angry just about everything I was reading and the, the hypocrisy on all sides. I'm not That's not just one-sided. Yeah. And uh, the double standards probably on both sides and not not understanding what I thought was truth and things that weren't matching up. Yeah. And I got to the point to where if someone said it's raining outside, I would have to go outside and look for myself because I couldn't trust anything. I you know, yeah. we had you know, I even were sharing stories coming in left and right. We don't know up from down is something going to happen or something or not. Do we need to prepare or not prepare? And it's like God's like, "Hey guys, like hey over here, I'm the guy waving, you know, God's waving his hands going, "Hey, Put your focus on me. It's not about Trump. It's not yeah. about Biden. Like, don't put your focus on men or mankind because it will fail you. Yeah. So, um, with that being said, the Bible does tell us in Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything. Well, sometimes easier said than done. Yeah, a lot uh, easier said than done. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So don't be anxious. There's been a lot of, hey, there's been a lot of anxiety. 2020 was a very challenging year for a lot of people yeah. with uh, the virus. The virus is still going on. Vaccines are out, and that's kind of to each his own. We're not getting into that. Which, but by the way, I can, saw can of worms. But. I saw yesterday that, that the, uh, the cases are magically coming down. Did you see that? Well, I also saw that there was a bad batch that came into Alabama, and I thought, oh, gosh, those that already took it. And I was like, I got a text from one of the firemen that said— A bad batch of the vaccine? A bad batch. <laughs> Are you serious? In, strictly in Alabama. And I thought, all right, I'm glad I held off. Do you know if it was the Moderna or the Pfizer? Moderna. Moderna. Mm. Mm. What I mean, what's what's bad about it? Is I it, don't know. I didn't look it into it. Turn people into zombies or what? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it'll start making people tell the truth and, like, yeah, that would everybody be nice. would need to get one. Yeah. Liar, liar. Yeah. That's a great movie, by the way. So we've been kind of reminded that the only truth that we can stand on is the Word of God. And we even say that for our own lives because our lives are, um, we do have sin. We are a fallen creation. And that Stephen and I was in just some, some conversation prior to the show. We're talking about the need for the Savior, the need for the, you know, the bride and the bridegroom. And that's kind of where we wanted to talk about getting into marriage. But, you know, we were talking about what is our response as, as believers and Christians? Like, God is fully aware of what's going on. He is not rattled and shaking. Uh, even when Trump got in, he wasn't for the other side. It was like, oh, my gosh, people that didn't like Trump, what are we going to do that we're believers? Yeah. God's not rattled. He's like, hey, I'm still in control. I am still about my people. I love people. I want people to come and know me and be forgiven of sins and have a relationship with me. Yeah. So that doesn't stop for us. Now, um, can that look differently over the next four years? It could. But that's still yet to be determined. Yeah. Um, so we're not going to go down that avenue either. But our response is that we still have people in our lives that we can share the gospel with. We have family that need to hear the gospel. We have people that need to be pointed to Jesus. Yeah. People looking for faith and hope in something. And it's not an appeal, a bottle, a job, a spouse, a kid. Yeah, I, I think the way that it's, it's tough for the way, because the way Christians look at things is this, is that we expect for our nation, for our leaders, for government, to think the way we think. Um, and I just a newsflash, the majority of politicians out there don't think the way that Christians think. Uh, our nation was founded on Christian principles. I understand that 100%. And I, and I wish, oh, to God, I wish that it was like that nowadays. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it's not. Okay. Um, there's... This current administration is going to make decisions and is going to put policies in place that we don't agree with morally. Uh, that's going to happen. Uh, I, I like to think of it this way too, though. That guys, we for for those of you that have read some of the Bible, like you know that at some point that it's going to get really bad. You know, not necessarily this nation, but the entire world. Now, I don't know if you if you've seen what's going on around the entire world. It's been pretty bad for a long time. It was bad when, when uh, newsflash, it was bad when Trump was in office, too. Um, 
there there's a lot of things bad that's happening. The world is, is going to get to that place before Jesus returns. So for some reason, God has allowed all this to happen. You know, our response in this, considering we can't really make any changes regardless, um, I sent out this, uh, I think it was a, a text yesterday to our, our life group. It might have been Wednesday. Our response as Christians should be, you know, to, to what we've seen with the election, whether you agree with it or not, one, worship worship God because he reigns above it all. Uh, our, our, our worship does not change with the weather, regardless if you find yourself happy, sad, whatever. We worship God because that's what Scripture tells us to do. That's what we were created to do. Uh, so that, I mean, that shouldn't change. With whatever happens, it shouldn't change. Number two, we need to pray for our elected officials, pray for Biden and our nation. First Timothy 2, 1 through 2, are urged then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. So there you go. That's scripture right there, guys. We need to be praying for our nation. Number three, stand for the truth, even if it means standing alone. The enemy is launching an all-out attack on truth, attacking the Bible, God's sacred design for family, sexuality, and gender. Isaiah tells us, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. The truth of God is written on the hearts of man, and it is not diminished by sinful confusion or a worldly opinion. So we got to arm ourselves with the truth and stand firm, even if it means standing alone. Uh, and there's some scripture, Ephesians 6.14, to back that up. Stand firm with the belt of truth, buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And number four, never bow to culture. I think that uh, a time of testing is definitely coming. We've talked about that before. Uh, the mob, so to speak, wants us to bow down and worship you know, gods of secular liberalism and things like that. So those who refuse will be bullied, harassed, and threatened with banishment from public squares, so to speak. I mean, this is all stuff that we could see happening, you know, very soon. Uh, Proverbs tells us that the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts the Lord is safe. And we remember the words of Isaiah as well. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. So be, be bold, stand tall, don't bow down. And Daniel 3.18 even if he, but even if he doesn't, you know, we're we're talking about, we're talk, talking about God. He, your Majesty, may may be sure that we will not worship your God and we will not bow down to the gold statue that he that you have set up. So I think they're talking about King Nebuchadnezzar there um, when he was forcing. Was it? What, how do you say those guys' name? Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah, I'm fixing to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Um, when he was forcing them to 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 worship, basically King Nebuchadnezzar and the idol that 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 statue, and they said no. Um, but but anyway, guys, that, those as a Christian, that's kind of how we should respond to everything that's going on. And um, there's something else. I you know I had to, I saw this on uh, somebody had posted not too long ago. I'm gonna find it real quick and, and read it. But throughout this whole this whole thing, we're I think as parents we kind of say, "God, I feel sorry for my child because my child's gonna have to grow up in in this crazy generation." And yes, like I completely agree. That's very very scary. Um, I saw somebody post this. I'm gonna read this real quick. It's kind of long, but it's not too bad. But when I read it, I was like, "Man, that's really good." Uh, and this is talking about our kids growing up in and and this crazy, crazy world. Uh, It says, don't feel sorry for or fear for your kids because the world they're growing up in is not what we grew up in. God created them and called them for the exact moment in time that they're in. Their life wasn't a coincidence or an accident. So raise them up to know the power that they walk in as children of God. Train them up in the authority of his word. Teach them to walk in faith, knowing that God is in control. Empower them to know that they can change the world. Don't teach them to be fearful and disheartened by the state of the world, but hopeful that they can do something about it. Every person in all of history has been placed in time that they were in because of God's sovereign plan. He knew Daniel could handle the lion's den. Uh, He knew David could handle Goliath. He knew Esther could handle Haman. He knew Peter could handle persecution. He knows that your child can handle whatever challenge they face in their life. He created them specifically for it, so don't be scared for your children, but be honored that God chose you to parent the generation that is facing the biggest challenges of our lifetime. Rise up to the challenge. Raise Daniels, Davids, Esthers, Peters. 
God isn't scratching his head wondering what he's going to do with the mess of this world. He has an army he's raising up to drive back the dark, darkness and make him known all over the earth. So don't let your fear steal the greatness God placed on them. I know it's hard to imagine them as anything besides sweet little babies, and we just want to protect them from anything that could ever be hard on them, but they were born for such a time as this. Yeah, that's and strong. That's, yeah, when I read that, it was just like, holy cow, that's a weight off our shoulders. We still have huge responsibility to, to raise our children up uh, in, in the way of the Lord. Um, that's a huge responsibility God has given to us. You know, let's not forget that, and let's know that God is raising up our children for such a time as this. And let's let's kind of look at life right now through a biblical lens. Sometimes I think we look at life through a worldly lens, one, because we live in the world, and we sometimes think that, well, why, why aren't things a certain way? So look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. The title of it says, The narrow and the wide gates. It says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow to the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. And right below that in verse 15, so this is Matthew seven fifteen. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheeps and clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. So I say all that to say is that no matter where, where we're getting our news and our sources and our stories from, you cannot go to the bank that would no matter, I don't care which affiliate is. Yeah. It's not always going to be truth. Be careful that we just put our faith and hope and we hang on, unless it's James Spain with the weather. That's right. And his sleeves are rolled up. That's right. You can bank on that. All right. That's in the book of hesitations. Trust James Spain. <laughs> but we have got to be careful how much we hang on to what these reporters are saying. Yeah. And that doesn't matter which affiliate it is. Mm -hmm. So like narrow is the gate. So like we have got to keep focused because there are so many distractions. And I am speaking from the guy that had to get off social media. So I didn't lose my job because my anger was getting so far out there. Like it became, I became captivated of, I've got a, I've got to say something to oppose this lie. I know it's a lie. I know truth. I know what it, I know is going against yeah. the word of God. And this is crazy. Like, are these people? Eating? I mean, I'm like, so here I go, and I can see myself of going. You might as well get off. So, I've been off since I think it's January third. Well, that's good. And uh, it's been extremely tough. It's been. It's almost been borderline. I ain't gonna say depressing, but it's kind of been like, holy crap. It's. Uh, I, I told April actually last night. I said. I've always joked that I felt like I've had a following people yeah. like listen or like what I say. Probably not, but in my mind I do. And then when you take something like that away, you're like, what are we what are we gonna do? Who's who how do I have a voice? And is, who's gonna listen to me? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking at my dog, telling my dog all these stories, listen and she's here, like pup. she you know, she just goes and pees in the floor and it's yeah. like, All right, well thanks a lot. Sheila's like, Hey Brent, that's <laughs> Sheila. I call Brent's dog Sheila. So it's kind of a joke. Because it didn't uh did when we got the dog, so I Levi said, said, what are we going to name the dog? She goes, let's name her Sheila. I'm like, Sheila. <laughs> and if you've watched the other guys, you know who Sheila is. <laughs> it reminded me of that song. That's for you, Soaker. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> Sheila. So anyways, um, I forgot what I was going to say just a second ago. Oh, yeah. I, so Wednesday, the inauguration happened, and I was like, okay, like I'm not going to watch it today. I just don't, you know, I just don't really care. I had a lot of work going on anyways. I watched and, it. And so I was like, you know, I got a, uh, scrolling through Facebook and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get political today. Do not get political. Do not get political. So I, I put a post out there and I'm like, this is not really being political, guys. I'm just letting you know, like, I, over the past several weeks, I've seen this, you know, this, uh, this agenda that some of the Democratic elected, you know, leaders and and media are starting to form this this opinion and this agenda as if if uh, if you don't bow to our to our platforms and our policies and the, and if you don't unify with us, then we're going to put you in the same group of people that stormed the Capitol building. And that's I don't want Christians to to fall into that lie because that's not that's not true. You can have conservative values and disagree with what what happened at the Capitol building, you know, two or three weeks ago, storming the Capitol. It's okay. But but the media is going to tell you, and some of these some of these Democrats that I'm not saying all of them. I'm not not saying citizens that are Democrats. I'm saying leaders, elected leaders. They're going to tell you that you you know you fall into that same category of the people that that storm the Capitol if you don't agree with us. 
that, that that's not true. So I put that post out there thinking that, hey, that's not really political. That's just, I mean, it is what it is, right? How'd that go for you? Oh, gosh. I mean, you know, it, I, I've worked in the corporate America. I have friends that I work with in corporate America that are Democrats, and I'm not like, I, I like those people. Yeah. You know, they're friends, and they're still friends, regardless of their political, you know, views. And so some of those people were commenting like, oh, oh, dear Lord, you know, and this and that. And then I have some far right, you know, far right people that's like, we can can you believe they've already elected a transgender in the in Biden's administration? And I'm like, oh, crap, here we go. Like here to this we're getting very political. And I'm like, well, whether I like it or not, I don't really agree yeah. with the transgender being there. But at the same time, it's like, hey, like, you know, Republicans actually elected this this person into into office in Pennsylvania for them to, for that, I don't even know what the girl or guy's name is. I don't yeah. even know how to, how to go about it. So like, apparently the, the person is qualified, you know, now I don't like the fact that, you know, in in my view, the person's probably a weirdo, but if the person is doing his job, then, you know, I, can we really say anything? I mean, not necessarily. I mean, he's, he or she, I don't know. I'm getting myself into trouble right now. You know, my, my whole point was like, I, I was like, I don't want to be political. And then boom, it, it can turn political just so, so, so quick and easy. Um, I don't even know why I said that, but I was just trying to get that out there about the whole social media stuff. Yeah, that's fine. My, my neighbor, or well, some of my neighbors and I, we have different viewpoints on political things, but we always have great conversations. And one thing we both agreed on is this, if you're far left, like really far left and you're really really far right you're an idiot yeah pretty much i don't care what you say uh that you know a lot of people that i've talked to if you really boil down to some things a lot of our things that we really want are really close yeah they're they're not too far off but the only thing that's ever painted on social media and painted on the news is far 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 left and far 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 right so you're always having this it's for division it is for division. The majority of people in this country are good people. Always remember that. Regardless, you know, let's take Christianity out of it. The majority of the, of the people in this country are, are pretty good people. And we'll never know that watching the news. However, uh, if, you, if you watch the news now, it'll probably be more positive, obviously, since there's a Democrat in office and all the, the, the media people are bought out by by some of these democratic giants. So, I mean, you're going to be watching, you can watch the news now and not, and not see any necessarily all this negative stuff. Right. Um, which is part of it, you know, but we can, we can get away from all that. Cause I could, we could sit here and talk about that forever and, and get mad and, and, and things like that. But, <laughs> and we have to go back to what I, what we just talked about. Like, let's continue to worship, you know, let's, we're not bounding down to culture. And, and we, you know, I talked about this. I don't want to bring it up, but I'm about to, like, when is it time for us to fight as Christians? Like, literally fight? If someone's coming after our, our family, yeah. you know, yes, like we have to defend and fight. If someone's coming after our, our faith, we stand up, we fight. You know, and some of you say, well, we got to stand up and fight for our country. I get that, but, like, bearing arms for our country and stand up and fighting for, for something that we're not really sure what the truth is. We don't know the on truth. This. Like, that's where, I, that's where I'm kind of like, hey, you might want to, hold up you might want to hold up a little bit like i'm yeah. all for standing up and fighting for our country um but we don't necessarily know what the truth is with, with with all the stuff that happened with the election we just don't know and it's a dangerous place to be with that group that stormed the capitol because they were being told that this election was stolen from us uh -huh. and in our heart of hearts we we feel like i feel like it probably was too but we, we don't have that factual truth yet to really know we just have these kind of conspiracies of people saying, "Hey, this has happened and this happened," but once again, we, what do we no know. Yeah, what's true? <laughs> we don't know what's truth, and that's. Uh, I do think there's the the enemy is uh, really good at division, and I think he's yes. done a great job um, in all in all aspects. So you know, we have to we have to realize that our war is not against uh, you know flesh and blood. Sometimes easier said than done, but um, so our battle. You know, like we just talked about, how do we fight? I know the first place we can fight a believers is is praying. Like, how much are we praying? Are we really just saying it? Are we Sally Sunday School and, uh, oh, we just pray for this and pray for that? Um, I have prayed for Biden. Uh, we did it the other night at the firehouse. And I even, in my prayer, I was like, this is tough to pray, Lord, because of my, of my flesh. I, yeah, I have yeah. feelings and my I have flesh involved, but we, we, you know, we prayed for wisdom and guidance and for people to surround him that 
would help him guide and lead and, and whatever that looks like. But I also prayed that my heart and my focus would never be on man. Um, my heart and soul was not focused on Trump, thinking that he was the savior of the world. And he did a lot of things that frustrated me. So uh, no man in office is going to make everything right. And our, if our eyes and viewpoints are looking for them to be the savior and the end all be all, that we're just going to feel great and wonderful and we're all going to be unified. I think we're very naive to the God of this world, which would be Satan, is here to cause division and wrath and, and chaos and commotion and um, still kill and destroy. And I think he's doing a great job of it here on the on this earth, But which once again points should point us back that we need a Savior. We need a Savior more, more than anything. Um, I guess we can kind of transition away from... Here's my one challenge. We'll do a challenge in between before we transition. I like this. Let's go. My challenge to you is if you find yourself like first go watch the social dilemma. That would be my first challenge. This is crazy, guys. You're gonna you probably throw your phone in the trash when you get done watching. It's on Netflix. Uh, Number two, if you find yourself to where it is changing your um, your anger level and like you're staying mad all the time and you feel the need to fight every battle, thinking you're going to change the world over a post. When truth be told, it's probably being censored and only being seen by 12 people, <laughs> then you'd probably be a good time to pull back a little bit and saying, hey, you know what? I'm spending way too much time on this. So don't be afraid to take a fast from social media. It is very healthy. It will be tough at first and sometimes very discouraging. It's After you watch The Social Dilemma, you'll understand why. But uh, it is, it is on the other side, extremely healthy. You get a lot more done. Yeah, I assure you that. But that would be like a mini challenge as I, we transition. A, a quick side note: we were at a listing appointment the other night, and I was the guy was like, "So how do y'all advertise for when you list a house?" And I said, "Well, you know, we advertise to all the listing services like Realtor.com, Zillow, stuff like that." I said, "We'll do social media advertisements. We'll pay for paid advertising." Um, I said, "So, so when someone's talking to their friend, and they're like, man, I, I you know, start to look to buy a house.'" I said, all of a sudden, they're scrolling through Facebook, and they see that there's a house for sale. I said, that's what that's what we do. He goes, are you serious? Yeah, you, you I'm like, well, I don't. I pay for it, but Facebook has these algorithms and these these apps that that hear, literally hear you talking from your phone. That's that's proven fact. They hear you talking, and all of a sudden, you scroll through Instagram or Facebook, and you see that there's a house for sale close to where you live. And whatever you look at on Amazon, yes, it's going to be there. Or in your you know house for sale in your zip code or zip code next over. I mean, like that's. That's what happens. He was like, "Holy cow!" I was like, "Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty scary," but yes, we we do stuff like that. So, side note, let's let's talk about a um, little bit about marriage. Uh, Cooper was uh, was actually sharing. <laughs> this is you know this is our this is our our cheap soundboard guys I'm talking about marriage. Sorry, I had to do that. Um, turn this thing off. All right, so uh, that was so stupid. The uh, Brent was sharing uh, something that a friend of his shared with him. Uh, just really, just a really, really strong word. Um, and I'll, I'll let Brent share that. But it, it has to do a little bit with obviously marriage, a little bit with parenting, and just our walk with the Lord. It's, it's very, very strong. So just to kind of recap, uh, a really close friend, firefighter of mine, man, we share anything and everything, like what's going on in our lives, and we'll have some very transparent conversations. And he said, hey, how are you and April doing? I said, oh, you know, I feel like, feel like we're doing pretty good. I've got some areas to where I feel like that uh, I begin to play the comparison game. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, sometimes I feel like that if I – I could look around and say I've done like 20 things and I can easily point out that she may not have done as much as me. And I said, that's not healthy. That's not right. First of all, I said, I feel like that's wrong. I feel like that's the enemy, the way the enemy attacks. The enemy can be like, get you to, you know, get this stupid list that would stack you against your wife because the enemy wants division, right? And uh, I said, so I know that's not healthy. And he's like, have you talked to Ava about it? And I was like, crap, no, it's much easier to talk to you about it than yeah. it is my own wife, you yeah. know? You know, and it is, we actually got into that about saying, why is it so easy for you not to just talk about anything and everything? He goes, because we know that we're not going to judge each other. He said, I'm not saying your wife would. He's like, but we just have freedom to, to speak against brothers because mm-hmm. we're going to be open and honest. He goes, isn't it amazing how the enemy doesn't want that in your relationship? And he so, so we kind of carried on the conversation. He said, do you want to know one of the one of the main reasons why you're with your spouse? I was like, yeah, marital fruits. That's, that's, that's right. easy. I'm like, Dad, throw, me, throw me a softball pitch. I'll knock it out of the park. 
And uh, so he said, uh, one of the main reasons that with our, we are with our spouse is to expose idolatry in us and to reveal sin in our lives that we would ultimately be pointing each other to Jesus. I'll read it again. One of the main reasons, not the only, but one of the main reasons we are with our spouse, as for husbands and wives, is to expose idolatry in our lives and to reveal sin to us, ultimately pointing each other and to turn each other to Jesus. And when he said that, I immediately said, hey, say that again. i got to write this down. So I'm reading out the notes um, in my phone. He said, so it's ultimately so we can expose sin to each other. And I was like, God, bride and bridegroom. Like even the, the sense that like the only way a marriage can work is to have a bride and a bridegroom. We need the bride. The bride needs the bridegroom. Like, well, so we need Jesus. It, and when we come to Jesus, it exposes sin. It exposes all the failures, all the dark areas in our lives. It's a sanctification process that it happens every single day as believers. And he was just saying, what we try to get from our spouse is truly what we need from our Savior. And when those moments don't happen is where the enemy will bring in these, whoa, let's play the comparison game or let's cause division. Let's, let's cause an argument. And I was like, man, he's like, so is it enough that you, you're saying the only way you're going to be happy and satisfied is if you, you know, feel loved, you are loved or being communicated enough or intimacy, whatever it is, is this just as your only source? So if you don't get it, this from your spouse, then your source of happiness all banks on your spouse. He said, or is God allowing these things to be revealed of saying how much you need this from your Savior? Do you need to be heard from your Savior? Do you need to have communication with your Savior? Do you need to feel like he sees you, he loves you, like he knows what's going on in your mind? Um, and the intimacy with the Savior of prayer in the Word and quietness and stillness and worship, like are you only craving like all these cravings you have or these feelings or these desires you have, are you being fulfilled by your Savior? And I can honestly say, nope, not all of them. There's areas I've got a lot of areas to work on. Yeah. And you can see why that, you know, but to expose idolatry and, and have and sin and marriage, and I'm going, that's a new, and you said yourself, well, that's a new perspective. It is. It is. Uh, when, as soon as he shared it, I was like, holy cow. Um, that's definitely a main reason for marriage. I'm not saying it's the only reason uh, for a Christian marriage, but it's, it's, as soon as he shared it, it was very eye-opening to me to to realize that hey our our spouse is, is there our spouse is there not spouses you better only have one um, our spouse is there um, to to for God to use to to reveal stuff in our lives that we're just where we have to fix and and that's and that's the whole that's the aspect of the Christian life too that is that we're not necessarily striving for righteousness right but we we are given righteousness through the blood of Christ but we are still striving. To, to live a godly life. Mm-hmm. And with that is going to come where God reveals reveals himself to us in ways where we realize, man, I got to fix this in my life. And I got to fix this. I got and it's not necessarily I got to fix, but it's like I, you know, God's made me aware of this. I need to hand it over to God. And I need to, I need to know like this is an area that I have that I've got to work on. I've got to do this. I struggled with that. I said, "So what do I do now?" He goes, "You need to talk to April about it." And I was like, well, <laughs> hey, uh, nope. Hold up there, cowboy. I said, I mean, how do you go about that? He goes, well, you just talked to me about it. And I was like, yeah, but. That's different. Yeah, dude, like you can't. Come to, and so I, I was sitting there thinking, golly, how do you strategically do this? And I say strategically because. Strategically. Yeah. If, if, if I'm not careful, this is being extremely transparent, I can be manipulative with words and paint a picture to where I'm going to say stuff. I'm, I'm trying to be all spiritual and like, yeah. but I'm going to say the things that I really wanted to say. It's kind of like if you say it with all due respect or, you know, I'm not going to say this, but if I was, I would say X, Y, Z. I'm just going to be honest. Yeah, let me be honest. If you can, <laughs> There's like several key things you can say to begin with, and you can just say whatever you want. So this was literally happened last night. So this would have been, what, uh, the 21st of January. I said, I was just talking to her, and I said, hey, I want to let you know some areas that I'm being attacked. And I, it's been revealed to me through the social media fast of areas that I'm, I'm lacking in or areas that I feel like I need to be heard in. I said, so when you pull areas away from my life that I feel like I've been heard and I have a voice, I start, then the enemy starts saying, well, you don't have a voice at home. You know, your kids are kind of like acting out and they're not really minding well. So you don't even have a voice with things that you may say to your wife or ask or whatever. You don't have a voice with her and your kids are not minding. Oh, you got a voice at your job, man. They, 
people call you all the time and they email you, ask questions, and they hear you, but not at your home. And, oh, you need to start comparing. Man, you've done a thousand. You can look around this house because we're in the middle of a bathroom remodel because we had a major water problem. Don't you love that. Thanks a lot, 2021. Um, you can, and so I started finding myself of going, yeah, we've done this and we've done that. And, well, she hadn't done XYZ that I, and I was like, oh, hold up. I can see where division's coming in. And when when Gary he said, "Hey man, it's it's to expose sin and idolatry," and I thought, "Well, hey, this is this is it." So I didn't even get into that. With I just told April, I said, "All I can tell you right now is that I'm being attacked by having this comparison games of things that I think I'm doing versus what you're not doing. It's not healthy. It's sin, and I want to lead in this capacity of being very vulnerable, saying I'm pretty much sucking in this area, and I need some prayer." And she just listened, and I said, "Does this make sense?" And I said, uh, "I feel like I don't have a lot of voice at home with some." Some kids that are kind of frustrating me and just some things I've said that I don't, I don't feel like there's been a lot of how to, that carried a lot of weight yeah. to where I can go to work and everything I say right now is like not saying everything, but people are buying what I'm selling. And I'm like, God, I wish it was reversed. I wish it was more so at home. And she goes, I hear exactly what you're saying. It didn't cause an argument. She says, I appreciate you sharing. But it was very vulnerable to as a husband to to go to your spouse and say, Hey, I just want to lead and telling you that I've I got a, I got sin going on. And this is where I'm being attacked. So wives show grace in these moments because hopefully it would um, create good conversation. Um, hopefully it would lead you into knowing how to pray for your husband. And I'll encourage um, spy, uh, wives right now, pray for your husband because they're being attacked within their mind of comparisons, of stacking up a list. And the enemy wants you to, because here's what will come out. It'll come out in a manner of a little bitty argument that wasn't ever meant to be something. Yep. It was so small, but here comes your list, like cousin Eddie. Like if you don't mind, I want to get you uh, something real uh, nice uh, too. You're gonna have thirty six things that you can hammer out yep. that your spouse is screwed up. But lo and behold, trust me, the enemy will have about forty on you with your spouse. Yeah, let me say this too. You got to remember, the spouse is not the enemy. We're you guys are on the same team. I tell April all the time, I said, I'm new to this. It's my first marriage. My first marriage. Don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm an we, idiot. We were on the same team. Wanted to go real quick with uh, Ecclesiastes. I know we just kind of was joking about uh, just several things with marriage, but let's kind of get what some scripture says. So Ecclesiastes, easy for me to say, uh, four, nine, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity on anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Uh, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And all the men said, Amen. Amen. That's right. Just uh, in the fact that there's been so many times in mine and April's marriage where I've been down and she's picked me up. Um, she's been down, I've picked her up. And that is something that's extremely encouraging because my wife sees all of me. She sees good. She sees my bad. She sees uh, how I parent, how my walk with the Lord is. So... If you want to have the most vulnerable moment in your life, get married. Yeah, they'll see it all. Yeah, but there is something about when you are down um, that your spouse can pick you up. Um, Ephesians five twenty five for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. I mean, that's not big juice to feel at all. Jeez. No pressure, men. Uh, he gave up his life for her, which means. Uh, die to yourself. If you really want to know how selfish you are, one of our uh, mentors, Andy High, said, if you want to know how selfish, get married. And if you really want to know how selfish you are, have kids. Because you realize that life is not about you. And I think that's where the enemy likes to play on of trying to build these lists and cause division is it's trying to say, um, point out the idolatry and sin in our lives yeah. of how selfish we really are. Um, I think you know, I think you can address things. I think if things, I'm not saying you know marriages don't have issues and problems. I think you have to be extremely open and honest. I think you have to have tough conversations, and that means for men, like swallowing pride and being able to say, "Hey, this is what's going on," yeah, and lead from the front in that because that was a scary moment to just say, "Hey, someone let you know is the leader of the household. I've got some sin issues." Yeah. Hey, this is what's going on. Hope your day was good. Yeah, <laughs> what's for some? It's it's tough. It's it's really tough, and and the enemy is going to tell you not to, or, or you're going to be thinking to yourself, "Look, I don't want to share these things. Like, we can, I can handle this on my own, you know." But in those moments, it's very important that you do share with your wife um, what's going on. I have to work on that personally. I'm sure ninety nine point nine percent of the guys out here listening, you have to work on that too. Um, it's 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 not 
anything that's not normal. Like it's normal for us to feel like, you know, I don't want to share this with her. Like she don't really care. Or, you know, I'm afraid this might open Pandora's box to something else. Um, but let me encourage you with this too. Like when, when your wife's talking to you, like listen and, or at least act like you're listening, uh, but, but, but try to listen um, and don't try to necessarily fix things because like we, as guys, we want to fix stuff uh-huh. very like, I mean, that's, that's what I want to do. Like if she, if she's explaining something to me, I see a problem. Well, the first thing I do is seek the solution. And, and, you know, a lot of times it's like, Hey, hold up, just let me talk, bef- bef- let me finish before even, before you, you know, try to fix this. Let me just finish talking. And sometimes it's best that we just let our wives find the solution you know, a lot of the times it's like, oh, I can fix this. I can fix that. I fix this. Fix that. No, 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 no. Don't, don't try to. Sometimes we don't need to try to fix it. Sometimes we just need to let God handle it, and uh, and just listen and just just be there, because I'm I'm number one world's worst with that. I'm telling you, if if Jekka comes to me with with an issue or a problem, like the first thing I'm gonna do is fix it, and if it's the problem is, has to do with me, the first thing I do is get defensive. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we we should not do. And uh, and the famous philosopher, you, you know, if you have a problem, go. If you have, you know, I'll, I'll solve. I'll it. solve it. Yeah, <laughs> so good. The other thing that Gary kind of went on to, he said, as far as like whenever you you're married and have kids, uh, you know, whatever the kids looks like, and and for each couple, he said, kids don't give us purpose and they don't give us our identity. Which sometimes I think you can find yourself being so wrapped up in your kids, which is extremely easy to do. Yeah. That we think that our you know our purpose is in them, or we can find our identity through our kid. Or we want them to do things that we didn't do, and vice versa. He was basically saying, like, man, God allows you to have kids so that you can learn from your heavenly Father that you need a Savior, so that when you can tell your you know it, kids will point out sin in your life. Like once again, here's another avenue. Yeah, you've got sin, you've got idols um, that you need Jesus, so that you can show your kids as they get older. Hey, like your dad, your mom, we're not perfect. Like I have sin, I need forgiveness. And I'll tell them, hey, have I ever made you mad, kid? Yeah. You know, have you um have you forgiven daddy? Yeah. Well, see, I need forgiveness. Just like, you know, because you've done XYZ, daddy forgives you. And like, you know, we go to our father for forgiveness. So like it's everything God allows, whether it's marriage, kids, like it is for purpose of revealing sin, um, re- revealing idol- idolatry in our lives, and basically is so that we can point each other to Jesus. Now you say, well, you know what the crap like so that means i'm not supposed to feel loved by my spouse and be loved and have intimacy and have conversation no that, that you are those are byproducts of marriage those are great things you you should feel loved by your spouse you should love your spouse you should husbands date your spouse pursue them which is areas that we all lack in sometimes because yeah. we well we got her we've captured her or whatever like she's mine yeah that, that may be true but I assure you, they want to be dated. They want to be loved. You want to feel loved. You want to feel respected. You want intimacy. You want conversation. You want to feel like you have a voice in the house. Well, you know what? Die to self. Die to self. And I would tell wives, die to self. Die to self. Like both of each other have to die to self to meet each other's needs. And they're usually completely different. Yeah. April usually loves me the way she needs to be loved, which is that makes sense. I'll usually... Um, if I'm a words of affirmation to guy, well, I can tell her words of affirmation all day long, but that may do nothing for her because she just wants something done around the house. Like yeah. she likes, uh, service, know, service, gifts yeah, of service, service. Yeah, gifts yeah. of service. And so I'm like, well, what about physical touch? Yeah. Come um, on with it. Yeah. You know, how about that one? There's only one, there's only one gift. <laughs> That's right. There's <laughs> only, only one, one. For, <laughs> it's for a dude, but. You know, I say a lot to say is that when your whole source of happiness becomes your spouse and that spouse fails you, in any way, and we will. That means when, if April's whole source of happiness was Brent Cooper, oh dear Jesus, she's mm-hmm. in trouble. And she would say, amen. And I think every spouse, so like, I think there is balance of the saying, you know what, what I'm desiring for my spouse, pull yourself back a little bit and say, you know, what? am I desiring that from my Savior? Am I, am, I, am I getting that from my Savior? We could probably say, no, I'm not. Well, these are areas to work on. These are areas to pray in. These are areas to to chase after. Yeah. Because the God is there waiting patiently for the prodigals and sons to come back to him and say, hey, let's, let's do this. Yeah. And I think what, what we touched on earlier is, you know, love your wife like Christ loved the church. I mean, that's obviously, you know, anything that we talk about is easier said than done for the most part. And I know that that is too. Um, but if if we live our lives, every when you wake up, if you, a lot of times, I, it's probably not the first thing you think about is today I need to love my wife like Christ loved the church. 
we, we need to have those reminders throughout the day uh, to love your spouse and just like Brent said, date your spouse. Because it's easy as time goes on, those butterflies wear off of, you know, whenever you started dating before you got married, it was just like, holy cow, this is so crazy and so good. And I love this. And you have the butterflies, you got the good feelings, you got all this stuff. Oh, you're lovey-dovey. I'm in love. This is fantastic. You get married. And for that, those first couple of years, it's still kind of setting in that, holy cow, I'm, I'm married to this awesome, awesome girl. And then over time, you know, you start farting in front of each other and those, those butterflies wear, wear off a little bit. You know, you, you live with each other and it's one of those things where you're like, man, like I, yes, it's like my, my love for my spouse is still incredible. And it's, it's more than it was the day we got married. Um, but, but you're living life and it's, and it's like, holy cow, like I, I, I have different feelings for her now, considering that all the stuff we've been through, like I love her even more, but you have to realize that women, you have to still date them. Uh, and and Jack is probably upstairs listening to this right now going, I wish he would do that. I wish he would say what he's talking about down there. Um, you don't know me. You don't. Yeah, that's right. But like we, we do as men, we still have to, it's, it's tough for us as men sometimes to, to, to show that affectionate love besides in the bed, to be honest with you. It's hard to go up to your wife sometimes and, and give her a hug and give her a kiss and tell her that you love her and all these things because we're like, oh, well, she knows that. Like, we're, we're married. You know, she should know those things. Um, uh, word to the wise, they they like that the, that sort of thing for them to be told and for them to, you know, to, to know that, that, we, that we do love them besides, you know, in the bed sometimes. So, you know, we, we have to show that. And, and, and for some of us, it's one of those things that you have to remind yourself to do daily. Um, not as a chore, but when, when you understand what Christ has done for us and how Christ loved the church, I think it, it, it makes it a little bit easier for us to have the feeling of, you know, this is my, you know, this is my wife, this is my spouse. This is some, someone God has blessed me with. Um, I don't need to mess this up. You know, I need to protect her. I need to love her. I need to do all these things. Um, and, and, and I think there's, there's some problems in your marriage that would be solved. Something you said in your last conversation was about, you know, of all the things that you've been through. And I think that's what surprised me or what I've, you know, told the guys at the firehouse is I've just been surprised of how much April and I have gone through in our marriage. Yeah. And a lot of people say on the outside, oh, y'all got a great marriage. Well, we, we do. But we've also had a lot of um, valleys. We've had a lot of like tough, very tough times in a marriage. Uh, we've sought marriage counseling before, yeah, and which I think is extremely healthy. You know, like we, we always uh, mimic it to you go take your car in for an oil change. There's nothing wrong with your car, but it needs maintenance, right? Yeah. Uh, but you know, we've sought counseling when things have been good. We've sought counseling when things have been rough. And I've had to walk through a lot of things from from our past. Uh, we've sought counsel through friends. I mean, even y'all, when uh, the areas that I've screwed up in, making bad decisions, bad choices, and things that April's had to walk through, she sought um, good counsel from friends, from things, and and just some areas in life that um that you, we have to remember that. And I, I know we don't have much longer to talk, but we have to remember if you look at it this way, a husband and wife basically have a big luggage rack behind them and they're bringing in crap mm -hmm. into a marriage. And the, the, the issue is sometimes is when we unzip that and just throw all of our junk and our vulnerability, we, do, we just throw it out there on the floor and say, this is me, man, I'm a man. I brought all this with me. I brought my past. I brought my yeah. race and I brought my childhood. I brought my, my college years. I brought whatever's happened. This is it. This is me right here. And then your spouse does the same thing. And sometimes you have to walk through those things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's good stuff, guys. I know you've been challenged today through, through some of this. Um, what was that book that came? Was it Fireproof that came out a long time ago? It actually gives you challenge. I would encourage you guys. I, I've never read that book, but I know it goes through, I think, like daily challenges mm -hmm. on how you can love your wife. Um, you know, I think it's like buying flowers, telling her this. Like each day you can, you can do something to show that you love her. We're coming on. We're coming up on the month of love. Yeah, February, Great which call. is terrible. I hate the month of February. <laughs> I'm telling you, January and February is like I can't stand it. Just because of it's not much sports. Once once uh, the Super Bowl's over with, you know, you got the college football national championship. Roll Tide. Yes, they just won. As uh, always. Yeah, you got uh, you got the NFL. Once they're done, it's kind of like 
I look forward to baseball. Is Brady going to do it? I don't think so. <laughs> it's going to be tough for him to. The Bills are pretty good this year, by the way. They got a stout defense, and of course, you got the Chiefs. Who knows if Mahomes is going to play? But we've turned from a Christian podcast to a sporting podcast, <laughs> just like that. Our bosses don't care. Jocks ninety four five. Um, yeah, our boss does not care. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I don't. I don't like the month of January, February. But we're coming on up on the month of love, regardless if you like it or not. Treat your wife this coming up Valentine's Day. If we don't have another podcast before then, <laughs> We're treat, to. treat treat your wife like you know, like a queen uh, that she is. Because honestly, you know they they are, and we we need to treat them like it. Um, but yeah, I, I know you guys have been challenged by that today. So um, you know, do it. Whatever God puts on your heart, do it. Um, My challenge to you is just talk to your wife. If you don't know what she likes, ask her. If you've been pursuing her the wrong way. Man, hopefully she she will be open and honest and vice versa. Hopefully she'll talk to you. So be open, be honest, lead even when you're wrong. That's right. I have something that I actually want to share too. This is a sort of a, a challenge, but something that I, I wrote down um, the other night. And this is January 12th in my notes app. Um, this is something that God's going to put on my heart just obviously based on what's been happening the, the several past several months. But this is just something I wrote down. Um, we need the mighty rushing wind of God to sweep through our land, period. And we're, we're in a spot in our world where it's just, we need it. Um, if there's one thing we can learn from 2020, it's that we don't have the physical answers to the problems of this world. Our reaction to 2020 shouldn't be to place our hope in a vaccine or political policies. Our reaction should be to put our hope and faith in an everlasting dependence upon God. Truly, guys, He is our only hope. It shouldn't take tragedy to awaken our souls to depend on the one who created our beings. It shouldn't take a pandemic to learn that our only hope is in Jesus. So let me ask you this. What are you waiting on? Are you looking for a sign? Because if you are, here it is. Awake, O sleeper. Rise up from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. So, guys, I know you're kind of discouraged maybe over the past several months of the events that have taken place, but let me just tell you this. like, There's no, no time to now you know, to put your hope in Christ but your faith in Christ, and to pray. It's, it's, it's time to pray. Guys, it was time to pray a long time ago. Before Trump was ever in office, before uh, you know who, Obama was in office, Bush, all those guys. I mean, just, just know like the time is now. If, if you've never prayed for our country, if you've never prayed for your wife, if you've never prayed for your children, the time is now. Get, get with it. Get off the sidelines. Put your faith in Christ. And put 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 action to it. Just put some action to it, guys. Thank you for listening today, and we will be back hopefully within a couple of weeks or so with another episode. It might be before that. So thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you later.